Today's show is sponsored by Next Issue. Enjoy the world's most popular magazines anytime, anywhere, using your phone or iPad. Enjoy your free trial right now by going to nextissue.com slash badchristian. Additionally, NatureBox. Today's show is brought to you by NatureBox. They deliver ridiculously delicious snacks made with ingredients you can trust right to your doorstep. If you act fast, you can get your first box on them. Just visit naturebox.com slash badchristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's going on, cheapskates? Nah, I can't even make that one stick. Y'all aren't cheapskates at all. I'm blown away, in fact, by how generous you guys are. The BC Club, I'll just, I'll fill you in on details because I like doing that. But the uh, BC Club's got over 500 people who choose to pay for this podcast and to support what we're doing. I, I really appreciate that. It means a lot. I mean, it equals a lot of dollars. And we, we use the dollars for good stuff like, uh, you know, beer, uh, helping the homeless, uh, missions, uh, outreach, uh, fried chicken, uh, web hosting, uh, rare baseball cards, you know, stuff like that. So thank you guys for sowing the seeds. <laughs> Seriously, what the money, what what we do is we try to make stuff and create stuff, and we try to figure out any way we can to make some money off of it so we can do more of it. And that's what our sponsors are about. So thank you guys for supporting our sponsors and listening to us talk about them from time to time. Be happy for us. I know you are. Thank you for being happy for us that people want to sponsor this podcast. It's a dream come true. Also, we use the money to do stuff like fly to Grand Rapids, Chicago, and Milwaukee, which we're going to be doing later this month. Go to badchristian.com forward slash Live, and you can get tickets. And guess what? Those tickets are free. They're free if you're in the BC Club. They're free if you're not in the BC Club. Just sign up for the waiting list or... As always, you can choose to pay for a ticket. And thank you for you generous people for choosing to pay for tickets, as many of you as have done that. So thank you. Okay, a couple more things that you might want to kick some money to. Vocal Few has a new record coming out. Their pre-order is up right now, and they're on tour doing living room shows. That's Matt and Christy McDonald. Uh, they work with B- their BC Music artists. They're great. Go to VocalFew.com, get tickets, and pre-order their new album. And Emory, on tour in November, VIP tickets. You can come hang with Toby and I on our tour bus. Go to EmoryMusic.com. Keep supporting this independent stuff, people. It's working, and it's awesome. Three. Two. It's the Bad Christian Podcast, yeah. yeah. Welcome to the Bad Christian Wowzers. That's right. Whoa. Guys, we're coming to you from the future. The year, we figured out a way to go into the future, and the year is 2057. Yeah, and Matt um, is even way less emotional. Like, uh, uh, I, you almost can't even talk to him now. Right, he can't. He just doesn't know how to respond to, like, human language. I was, anymore. right. I had hoped back in 2015 that right. I was on the path to a fuller emotional life. Right. And I, I really had You were wrong. I was wrong. You were wrong. I was wrong. I can you, no longer walk. 
Like I, I, I'm, <laughs> I but you slide now. Right. Technology has allowed you to slide. Right. That thing is pretty right. unbelievable. And then Toby, you I are died. You're calling from jail. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you're in jail for killing. Somebody. I was in jail and I died in jail. Luckily, yeah. due to technology and the and prison reform, I thank you, Obama. Thank you, Obama, yeah. back then, all those years ago, because he won again. People didn't realize that he changed everything. At so the he, end of his term, st- he pulled some shit and, right. and he, made it permanent. He's yeah. still president. No more term. Dude limits. is amazing. Hey, he's still hey, president. Hey, America. He's up. Speaking of uh, the president, listen. Look what I wrote down today. I was actually um, around a two Christians conversing, and listen to what someone said about the president. He is the biggest narcissist in the whole world. <laughs> the whole world. In the whole world. He is deeply... <laughs> now, this is all within two minutes of conversation. He uh-huh. is deeply, deeply trouble, oh. troubled. Mm-hmm. He wants to be able to say, I did that and I did this about everything, including changing the name of the mountain on the um, right. bill and everything. In Alaska. And, then he's, and this is how he ended his conversation. He's a communist, and he's probably a damn Muslim. <laughs> oh my <laughs> lord! Who, who was? I mean, like, where were you? Well, huh? where were you? Who, I was uh, where'd you over setting. here? Oh I'm my sure. gosh! The, the only thing I can think of when I hear and that the other is person just, is, saying that was like, what said? Clearly, you've lost your mind, or why no. would you say such hateful lies or weird stuff? No, nope. or agreed with him. They said amen. <laughs> amen. They said amen. I think he was in. I think he was in a tough position, but I just I pretended like I wasn't even listening to the conversation. I just. I mean, do you he, feel an obligation to say, "Hey, we shouldn't talk like that," or or do you just try to avoid it? Because that's what I do. I normally, if somebody's going to go like like my family members, who would who would just talk shit about Obama for no because they don't know anything at mm-hmm. all really about politics. All they know is certain things, and I promise they you, know what they want. If know. Obama was Republican, they would say how great he was. They would they would just say how amazing everything is because gas prices, all these things, and all this stuff. They would totally say that. So I just try to avoid. It. I just go, <laughs> yeah. I'll, if I want to talk to some family members on the phone, I just go, yeah, okay, all right. You mean when they try to tell you now, yeah, you know Obama me, oh, this or that? Like, yeah, and I'm pretty sure you can find a Republican who's just as much narcissistic than well, any, oh, sure. any politician <laughs> meets, the, meets exactly. the first part of that. Exactly. Any. Exactly. You know, How take, could you not be to an extent and be president? Right. Uh, a little bit. You have to. I mean, the things you have to do to become president in America you think are it's, unreal. That's a good question. Do you think it's possible to be completely honest, forthright, and, hey, no, I'm just no. being the real deal and become of president? Of course and not. Win? No. Of course not. Not, win. not, not even win. close. Well, not even like, to get close. How are Americans so? St- how are we so stupid? I'll, it's I'll not, put myself. It's not in individual that. stupidity. It's I'm just mass. Saying, is, but why, is, why can't why can't we figure that out? Hey, that dude is real deal. Because we say that about people now, but I think deep down inside we know it's better. too large. It's too. It's not anybody's stupidity. It's the large the the largeness of the institution and system. Yeah. It's the same. I would argue the same thing about church. So any any argument that anybody makes about the government. Yeah. The jaded person when they talk about the government and what's wrong with it and the bureau- bureaucrats and the whatever. Those are the same arguments that I make about large church a lot. Yeah. I'm glad we have a government. I think we have one of the best governments. Right. I mean, you gotta have something, you gotta do stuff. However, it's insane not to be able to point out the absolute loss of control and the things that are prohibited by with such a large institution yeah i think there's no there's so many things that cannot be accomplished that cannot be done there's matter of fact amounts of waste and 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 those things and and one example is a a regular person can't get in touch anywhere near high office or presidency not possible 
I and uh, nor head pastorship. Yeah, is not a normal person that gets that gets a church. That's true. Yeah, that's that big. Right. Listen to uh, listen to what this guy said, and I'm I'm really curious because it's an interesting stat. He said that Obama has spent more money than every other single president combined. Okay, that's not true. Additionally, I think Obama is awesome. I've said that a lot, and I'm not a political person, but the debt, the national debt's lower. The bailout thing worked out really good. Uh, The he's letting he's doing prison reform and taking you know nonviolent people out of prison. He's having tons of awesome accomplishments. Toby's favorite thing was I mean, there's tons of good stuff. Osama bin Laden in the ocean. That's Toby's. He got Osama. I mean, you're not going to be. He's is he's is good. It's fine. You know, and then I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one better. It doesn't matter who the president is anyway, at I all. Know. I've had you know how many presidents I've had in my life. Ten of them or something. Guess what's been different during anybody's administration? Nothing. Yeah, Every time it, I ever go to Best Buy, there's full of lines of people buying TVs and people complaining about politics and doing. There's nothing different. I've been in a band through Republican and Democrat administrations. Yeah, part of that, been, everything's the same all the time. It doesn't matter who's in your office. Place in the spectrum of income and everything. I don't think everybody can say that. Like I think there's no rich super, people that got poor because of the president change. No, there's but no man, nothing has happened. It's, okay, it's and, the and, same. And if it's really true, then tell me about uh, Taft's policies. <laughs> just, <laughs> tell me about James Madison and what he really screwed up on. Nobody knows. That, those, what I'm they saying were is there's too. no it's difference. Not, no, it's the, not going to change. The people that were afraid of Obama coming to office and the people that want oh, this guy, sure. whatever, their life didn't change when the president changed. It didn't change. Just Nobody, like when, it doesn't matter. Just like when George Bush was on there and, and the left side or the Democratic side said, we're ruining America. He's destroying everything. Nothing really changed. America yeah. might be it ruined. It goes up, but it goes it, down, it's, it, and yeah, it's just, that's it's, what it is. I totally agree. I totally agree. It, it's, it's crazy. Can but, I, I, I heard another political thing that I thought was real interesting. If somebody else, I won't take credit for, for thinking of it this way, but I mean, think about all the people supporting Mitt Romney. I think Joe yeah. Rogan said this. He goes, D- I don't understand the Christian people supporting that because don't they think that he is in essentially what's a cult? A lot of Christians consider Mormonism a cult. Yeah. And that's they would want that to be. Which is a perfect le- example that's of how really conservatism crazy. Uh, did I say that right? Conservatism so blended. It's so blended with spirituality. Like yeah. Christians see that as those are the good guys. To hell with the fact that he believes there's an eternal lineage of of gods, and uh, Jesus is the last one, and uh, basically God and Mother Nature had sex and created Jesus and Satan. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's, that's you know, I'm not. I, <laughs> Mitt Obama is a Christian. Right. He's a black Christian with a weird name. <laughs> Mitt Romney is in a cult. Why would that right. why would that why would you want the one instead of the other because of your conservative god-fearing principles? That makes no sense. Right. Yeah. It, it, it it's only because it's a, we love the lies <laughs> and because we, like, we don't yeah. like the black guy. Oh, oh no! I don't even think it's the black guy. I really do believe it's just that that red state, blue state yeah. thing. Because <laughs> if I promise you, if it's Obama, if Obama would have just been from the red states or for the red states, everybody would have sure. loved him. They would say, "Oh, he's That's more true. conservative and he's all this stuff." But he hasn't done, like you said, he hasn't done anything that crazy at all. Well, you and, know, who's- and, and back to my point, nobody remembers much about what anybody did when you when you think about Bill Clinton, who was. Arguably a great president, he did a lot of good stuff. Played the all saxophone, you, got a blowjob. <laughs> that's all you remember. There you go. That's what I'm saying. The things that everybody remembers. If you said, "Hey, name three policies of Bill Clinton," you might go, "Well, it kind of helped the internet 
businesses. May have killed and some people. He, he did this, but he killed great. people. He got he got a blowjob, <laughs> cheat on his wife. He played the sax. I mean, you know all that. Yeah. that that's all that matters. That's why I say Obama's uh, or, great. Whoever's the coolest is is great. Yeah. Uh, well, if well, if Trump, if Trump and, know who's wins, that's great. If, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I hope Trump wins and then Kanye wins after how, that. How that's what I hope. How terrible was Millard Fillmore? Seriously. Now, what's funny is I do. I should create this T-shirt where like McKinley, because you know Obama did change his mountain. Now Mount McKinley. Yeah, Mount McKinley now is no longer really? anymore. And in Alaska, right? McKinley, I didn't know that. I didn't McKin- hear that. Yeah, McKinley. They changed Mount it. McKinley in Alaska. Now nineteen thousand feet tall, the tallest peak right. in the United Named States. Named after the president, Obama has officially changed the name of it to, uh, I guess, to fit the Inuit culture or whatever. Wow. I, forget, I forget the new name of the. I, I just heard it recently on a side note, but so, so McKinley's crazy. just pissed. Yeah, he's going I mean, over. I, I don't know. I could probably look it up. Like what? What the uh, the new you name won't is? Pronounce it right. But while you while it. you're looking it up, uh, Kanye is running in 2020. Vote for him. And some of the, some of his <laughs> motto is, is now called Na- uh, Mount Denali. Oh, Denali. Oh yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah. cool. That's great. So, yeah. So it, it's cool, but I mean, check another check for Obama. McKinley'd be he's probably yeah. pretty pissed. Yeah. I'm gonna make a T-shirt says Obama, not my president. It's just McKinley's face. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen to what uh, Kanye's uh, mottos are. Yes, we Kanye vote for Kanye because he already thinks he is the president. And then right. lastly, you can't spell Americanye without Kanye. He's running would, it. Matt would vote for Kanye. Matt, would you vote for Trump? Do you think just he's so outrageous, whatever. hilarious? I'm not going to vote, so it does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying whatever. I'm saying it doesn't matter. I, I'm saying the passive, the passive thing about some of those topical things and the things that you remember and the way that the rest of the world sees our country is probably the most important all thing. Right, so Policy uh, is whatever. It's whoever's advising. They don't know shit. You can't. That's not a job you can manage, and you right. have the, either the principles or the knowledge to do anything. You're just taking advice. None of your stuff. It doesn't matter. All right, so let, let's. Talk, I, I don't want to go so easy on the president. I don't have a problem with uh, Obama at all. But come on, I like leave, him. I think leave, he's great. No, leave the mountain alone. It's been Mount McKinley for how long? Like seriously, like what? I mean, that pisses why? you off. I'm just what? saying why. I mean, that's a that's like a, a step and a nod for the indigenous people. Like a less of a screw to them. It's a tip to them. Why? Why does? Why does the president of the United States? McKinley, William McKinley, need a mountain that was, te- you know, like that. It's not a yeah, but hurt can't, him, can't, can't you but it's a big step forward for the people of Denali. Couldn't you figure out other bigger steps though, instead of just changing? I mean, isn't there better things to well, do for the like even like, like, Alaskans for centuries? Alaskans have known this majestic mountain as the Great One, and so they've changed it to Denali because basically America goes, "Hey, we're America. Name this after our guy." Yeah, and mm. so now you have to call it something that, that sounds that you, like that making right a historical wrong to me. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff a president can do. That they they can't like get Congress to reverse. I mean, they, you can't do that stuff. Yeah, but he, he can do stuff like that. And that's really chill. That makes sense. It's pretty crazy. I, I bet his lineage though are probably really pissed. I mean, he didn't name it uh, a Muslim name. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's what everybody would want him to do is name it. Muslim what would name. no? What would Christian or Mount Obama if he was a narcissist? Whatever. If, if he I mean. wanted. If he wanted to actually change everything and be able to be elected again, all he had to do was call it Mount Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Mount Jesus. Yeah, he could have done. <laughs> hey, no more McKinley. This is Mount Jesus. Obama is amazing. <laughs> they would call they'd call him the Antichrist immediately. I'm sure, but it's it's crazy how the thing is, and it's, this is this is our culture that we live in. This goes to the Bible too. 
Christians and non-Christians alike, people in general in this hyped-up culture will just take – this starts with me because this sounds like I'm describing myself right now too, so I'm talking about me uh, – will take such a hard stance on something and not even know that much about it. Like, don't know that much about politics at mm. all, but say, hey, this is what Obama has done wrong. But they don't really, they don't care about politics really or anything. They just want their guy in there sure. and, and be done with it the same way as the Bible. Hey, this is what the Bible says about marriage and money and sex and God, and this is what it is without really studying or knowing anything much on well, their own. how can you, though? I mean, that's the thing. We, we want to have hard stances, but we don't actually have the capacity to understand all of the Which, things that we think we should or want you to. Have you, more, you have more than what, where we're at. You have more capacity than zero. Right, but I'm saying everybody doesn't have the capacity to... Do know everything about politics and everything oh, no, about no, theology, whatever? But, that, but people do like to have strong opinions. But the, the, that's the, the yes, know. it's it's fun and easy right. to have strong opinions. I do it all right. the time, so I, I know why I do it and why it's fun. But I'm saying the other side of that is we are just lethargic to actually learn anything, and it's way easier just to be like Jerry Springer than it it is sure. to be smart and actually study and go okay. We don't. This is. I have to have a answer that's not that hyped up or that crazy or that absurd. It's just a, an actually intelligent, thought out idea and that is where it leads to there is no way really to have a sane normal whatever person in that leadership for sure i mean there there, there just is no chance they can do that because you will have you'll have to take advantage of your uh uh the people who are voting for you your constituency to uh in order to actually be able to get anything done i mean i i fully believe most politicians have to lie in order to get funds oh, or to do anything. Otherwise, they're not going anywhere and not going to do anything. So it's better, probably, in this messed up system we have, that they do lie, for sure. Yeah, especially if they really believe they can change. It's like, well, the only way I can make change is to lie. That's the only way I can get there. Yeah. So it's kind of like a moral dilemma. Hey, guys, hold on one second. I want to keep talking, but real quickly, let's just take a moment, talk about our sponsor, Nature Box. And I just want to tell you, there's two snacks that I've just been loving, and I think you'll love them too. First of all, my whole family loves these South Pacific plantains. Mm -hmm. I had never had plantains before, to be honest. I know that sounds crazy. I just thought they were just big bananas, and I was like, I ah, forget it. I'll take the regular ones. But these plantains are just dried, and they're so awesome. I actually eat mine a lot with, like, salsa. And it is so, so good. And what's really awesome is my family eats them. So we stopped eating potato chips, and now we eat plantains all the time. It, we, you know, Even with our meals, of course, we snack on them. But even with our meals, it wow. is seriously crazy and awesome. And then, Dang. honestly, I call this my sweet treat, is these uh, the pistachio power clusters. Oh, my gosh. They are and, good. And, and once again... It is so awesome because I've said this a million times. I'm a snacker. I love snacking. But with Nature Box, I don't feel bad when I'm snacking. Well, what's crazy, too, is a lot of times snacks get played out. Like you have the same snack over and over and over and over and you don't want it anymore. Nature Box, you don't have that problem because there's over 100 different choices. Oh, I know. I mean, it's crazy. So you never get tired of it. You, it never gets old. It's even fun to go online pick different stuff. It's just awesome. NatureBox.com is such a great resource for my family and I get to snack like crazy. And the first one's on them. All you have to do is go to your computer. That's right. So where do they go? So, yeah, one, one more time. That's naturebox.com, bad Christian, for your first box of beyond tasty hand-picked snacks sent directly to your doorsteps. And remember, the smart snack guarantee takes the risk out of snacking. So do it today, naturebox.com slash bad Christian. All right. So, Matt, uh, you're kind of going through this right now, except for you're on the opposite side. You just bought a place, mm -hmm. going through all that stuff. I'm on the opposite side of that with Jess and I are trying to sell our condo. We bought a condo, 
at what everybody, every person said was the best time to buy a place. And all those bastards were liars. Or maybe they didn't think they were lying. They probably weren't lying. They were wrong. Yeah. They were wrong. And Don't buy a like, house in 2008. Oh, God. Or 2006. 2006. Yeah. I bought in yeah. 2006. Yeah. yeah. We bought in 2006, and then so we have, we're going to lose money. But anyway, we've been working our asses off, just trying to, you know, having to get babysitters just so we can go paint, doing, you know, doing, changing doorknobs, doing every possible thing, the molding, taping, cleaning, Awful. all this, everything, every possible thing needs, little things need to be done. So I'm like, okay, we almost got it done. Yesterday, we wanted to go by real quickly and do it just a little quick. Like, I thought it was going to take 15 minutes touch-up paint, right? There's some few spots that you can see the paint underneath. I get there. We emptied all this trash, and the person who was renting our house, this condo from us, had all this crazy paint, right? And so we put it in the trash can, but somehow uh, two of the cans fell out. We thought they were empty, and the most dark purple ever was all over our driveway oh, <laughs> when we pulled man. up. Yeah. A giant, I mean, dark purple. Yeah. I mean, the most purple. And a car had run over it. And there was yeah. paint. And so yeah. I didn't know what to do. I see this paint. I was like, oh, gosh. And I was like, it's inside paint. Maybe if I get the hose and spray it, I can just spray it off. Right? I'll just spray it was it already off. dry, though? It was kind of dry. Yeah. But the underneath, like, the, there was a film over sure. it. But, and so I was like, hey, if I just wash this off, maybe, I, and it sounds terrible, but I can wash it down the street into the train or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know that's awful. But I tried to sop it up first. It wasn't really. So I was like, I got to spray it off or something. I start spraying it. And dumb me retard take that <laughs> dummy me uh paint is everywhere now all over the it street. got worse yeah, yeah it got way worse it's all over the street and i don't know then now cars are trying to come by and they're going to be riding through purple paint on their tires and everything. i didn't know what to do so i keep spraying it and clean off this one side of the street so cars uh-huh. can go by but then there's this giant massive puddle like 15 feet long by five feet wide of just purple water on the other side of our street. And so it is just a nightmare. And and it almost makes me think, don't ever buy a house. And I want to tell anybody I know, don't ever buy a house except for Matt, you just bought one. (laughs) (laughs) I wish the paint incident had happened, uh, you know, 45 days ago. And I mean, and you're pretty transparent about money and stuff like that. Do you want to talk about how much your house cost and the size of it and all those things? Yeah, sure. It's hilarious. Because you were living in a, you've been renting a condo for how long? A nice condo. Yeah, a real nice condo. And you live really close to downtown Seattle. Basically, it's downtown Seattle. And your rent's been what, like? People lag and laugh so hard at me. But we we moved from our place. We were paying eighteen hundred for a real nice condo. Yeah. To a what size? How many square feet in that condo? A thousand and I think, something. Yeah, I think it's like twelve hundred. Eleven, twelve hundred. Yeah. So we're moving to a worse neighborhood uh, for way more money and a way smaller place, basically. <laughs> so we paid we pay we paid four hundred and twenty two thousand for an eight hundred square foot <laughs> house. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And so our payment will be twenty four hundred a month. And uh, wow. it's it's a, the tiniest thing you can imagine. Wow! But now we live we're we're fixed in the city, right? And we and you know it's not in a nice neighborhood and it's not a nice house, but <laughs> we're gonna put money into it right away. Um, but the I, you know we it's is I feel real confident about it because the rent's continuing to rise and rise and rise. So right. eventually we will have to leave the city. My wife has a good job; it's in the city, so we're not moving out of the city because in no way am I getting pushed thirty miles out to Everett or Maple Valley or Renton, right. and then my wife gets up early, leaves, does a work day, and then comes home late. We yeah. need mommy at home. I don't yeah. run the house. I, I can manage a couple of days. Sure for some amounts of hours fine but she runs our house and I wouldn't the whole our whole life would fall apart 
there's if we if she was a full time commuter, it would be no point in her even working. Right. So we just we have a, a really delicate balance. So we need to live in the city. I love living in the city. I think it's the best. I don't want you know. What I mean, this is our this is our way. If we can make this place work. We can pay it down. We can improve it. We get some equity. We make this place nice and livable. Then we can stay in the city as long as we want to and, and keep our life. So that's the most. Now it's crazy expensive, but that we'll just have to pay the price there. And I do just it. can't believe it could be that much. It's I mean, insane. That's insane. And then we got a good deal. I mean, trust yeah. me. And we know what we're doing. And we looked a lot and we put down a lot of offers and didn't get it. And this is good value for what it is. But you know, that's what it costs. I know most people don't live in Seattle, New York, or San Francisco. Yeah. You know, but if. And most people don't live in the city anyway, so I'm sure that what, what, sticker shock what is, is crazy unbelievable. Is, I mean, I know Seattle's a, a metropolitan, way larger city than Charleston, but Charleston's a cool, really cool town that a lot of people like living in and stuff like that. I live probably now car ride about the same distance that you will from downtown Seattle. Like if you were going to downtown Seattle, I bet my car ride, I can get to downtown Charleston in about 15 minutes, not much traffic. Yep. If there's traffic, a little longer. I yep. take Ruby School. I'm just it, over five miles but from my downtown. House, my house, living from a a larger city that's at least popular in America or whatever. Um, our house was $184,000. Yeah. I mean, three times. And it's way, 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 way better than my house. Yeah. I mean, it's way, <laughs> it's twice way as big, better. Twice as big almost. Yes, yeah, way. It's just I way got better. a yard. And, yeah. I mean, all kinds of great right. things. Well, first of all, let me. But you would never want to live there. You wouldn't trade your little house for that. No, this is exact. I could right. choose anything I want, and this right. is what I've chosen. So right. I, I live with it. Because, I mean, you could have gotten a cheaper house a sure. little bit outside of Seattle. And Definitely. Been, I mean, it would I mean, have been, been cheaper, but. It would have still been a ripoff. I mean, right. Well, let me just say that I think your news is, and you know how I feel about your news. I think your you news, love it. Nope, I don't at all. You do. But your news is better than that story, for sure. What story? The, the story, story that he just gave, his news blew, blows it out of the water. I'd rather listen to Toby's damn news throughout all eternity than <laughs> hear anything about that again. You are on yeah. fire, my friend. So, second, second thing I want to ask, though, is I'm kind of with you when it comes to... So you actually want to engage in the story. You like it so much you have a comment. Okay, go ahead. I have a question for you. Cool. So economically, though, never buy... Hey, hold on. Why are your pants purple? <laughs> you son of a bitch. You, you out the son of a paint. bitch. What? You put that paint on my driveway. Of course I did. You son of a sick bitch. I hate <laughs> the morels. I hate every one of you. No, so when yeah, you um I just what I want to know. I don't like your story, but I have lots of comments. So when you're retired, uh-huh. isn't it best to have a house paid off? That's the only thing that I can think no. of because I mean, why not? Because it's anybody, almost like part of a no, retirement plan. That, now we that, don't have to pay. If you grew up in the Depression era, that was the conventional wisdom, and now it is not the best. Uh, is not the best plan now to pay your house off. Interest rates are around four percent. Yeah. Right now, so if you have m- money not in your house, it's better used anywhere else. So you want to put down the least amount possible and use the most money, the most that you can afford the payment on. Right. So you want to carry a balance on your mortgage that you can afford, and then you want to use the rest of your capital and wealth to make more than 4% No, but what I'm saying on. is if you never buy a house ever again, like uh-huh. if you don't buy a house, yeah. you're always going to have to pay something. You're never going to pay it off. Right, That's but your money, you can make more money with your money than having your money locked into a house is what I'm saying. All right. So let's say you're in stocks and other investments and you're getting an 8 and 10% return, you're going to have hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars when you retire. Do you understand that? Yeah. Instead of a house paid off. So would you rather have literally hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars or $2,000 less? You know what I mean? You can use that money that you can grow to pay your mortgage payment in your 30th year. Right. So you always want to carry a mortgage and then use your money 
if interest rates were thirteen percent, it'd be different. Yeah. But that's a conventional nineteen forties, our parents' generations, right. our parents' parents plan. What you want to do right now is have a lot of liquid income because if you lose your job and your house is paid off, you're still gonna lose your house because you don't have any liquid cash to float yourself and you won't be able to make your payment. So what you want to have is money that's flexible that you can use for different things, and right. you want to accumulate wealth, but you don't necessarily need to have it all in your house. Right. Or you want to own multiple properties. Instead of owning your one house you, and having it paid off, you could own four properties and, and carry mortgage on all of them and let yeah. the two pay off the other two. So there's much smarter ways than being – the most conservative thing you could ever do is get one house and use all your money to pay it off. That's the most conservative and, frankly, can be dangerous because if you lose your job, then you can lose both and you have nothing. At, at the same time, though, if you could pay your house off early, I think that is a good thing because, for example, like what you were saying, uh, my dad's house, I think you remember him, he still lives there. Um, it's his big and bigger yard and two-car garage, all kinds of stuff. I think when they bought it, it was $30,000, but he paid about, I think, four to $600 a month yeah. for 30 years. Sure. And so he paid so much more. Yeah. I mean, he paid so much more money. And you could buy, right now, You there's... Totally, it's one hundred percent normal to buy a thirty thousand dollars car and have it pay off in four years. Yeah, but had he taken all the money still and put it in stock market, he'd have hundreds and hundreds oh, yeah. of thousands of dollars, and he could still have paid the mortgage off. He'd yeah. have had more but than at, paying off his mortgage. But at the same time, if he would have just said, "Oh, wait a minute, I can double this or triple it, and I can be done with this house payment in well, ten years," thirty thousand dollar payment. Right. My, that's that's right. simple. So, but, Matt, basically, what you're saying is that Dave Ramsey is full of shit. No, Dave Ramsey's not full of shit. You ha- he would agree with. What I'm saying, yeah, he's in, in stocks. In, I'm not saying I'm not saying have no put have a high house payment. Whatever he would agree with me if we were in the same room, he could. Flesh have you out been the scared details. because of the stock market over the past weeks, months, whatever? Uh, kind of dipping and going back up and dipping. And I'm stuff. very very steady on that. I've made a ton of money in the stock market, yeah. so I don't mind if I lose a little bit. Yeah, I'm not. I would never pull out. I would not do that. Yeah, there's so. a financial advisor in one of my in my men's small group, and he said he it was really funny because he was like, "This is so it's such an exciting time." It is he exciting. Said, I, I don't even mind. It, yeah, he said not not right yet, but hope. He said you kind of want to hope that it goes down yeah. and then you buy. Yeah, and I was like, huh, my wife really doesn't have a stomach for it. She sees our, an account go down thousands yeah. of dollars in a few hours that's very scary but it's fine first of all right it's not really there anyway it's right. only money that we earned it's, it's all a part right, of the, right. the whole thing so it's not a big deal I th- i've always wanted to do stocks and it's, you and i've talked about this but it's just so scary i just feel like it's a gamble and you're right like if jess started feeling weird or scared and we lost probably have we lost three thousand dollars i'd be like uh and you already have buyer's remorse with like oh, a hat totally yeah but you, you i don't know yeah you just have to I can't handle fantasy football. Picking a fantasy yeah. football player <laughs> that destroys me, and I win a lot on fantasy football. I'm pretty good at it. I win Dude, a lot after his first, after his first pick. He said, "Well, I'm done for the season." That's true. I'm done for the season. So how can I buy? You know how scared I'd be to buy yep. one, uh, one bit of Microsoft. I don't even know what the stock is. Anyway, all right, Matt. Tell them who's up. Let's do this. All right, I will. But first, first of all, I realize that I'm sure I'm spouting off financial advice that people are going to want to oh, yeah. disagree with so let me I'll, I'll tell you what i'll do i'll find an article that'll back me up a little bit more and i'll put it in the show notes because I, I don't even know what I'm <laughs> yeah don't, don't take my that. financial <laughs> advice or anything but i will put i'll put i will put an article that i've been meaning to forward to, or show other people that that can explain some of what i'm saying with data and statistics yeah. or, or like what cool. the what interest would be what i mean you can see the thing it's, it's not it's pretty simple and right. you could research it for i'd yourself, like to read you know that myself so i don't know what I figures i spit out or said but anyway we'll be right back we're gonna have maddie mullins 
from Memphis Mayfire, who I think is the biggest band. Well, okay, no, I think it's U2, Metallica, Memphis Mayfire, then Emory. I think that's the the actual order of biggest bands in the world. Anyway, uh, Mandy's going to join us in just a second. But before that, I got to tell you about something that I'm digging big time. And I don't, I don't know if I've done it justice enough in explaining it to you, but I was just reading an article in Popular Science with Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I was doing this via Next Issue. Next Issue is a sponsor of ours that allows you to read premium content from magazines, but to do so on your phone or tablet, whatever. Now, they have iconic magazines like People, Vogue, Esquire, Time, everything. Anyway, what I'm talking about is Popular Science. That's a magazine I used to get on in print, and now I get it through Next Issue. So I was reading an article with Neil deGrasse Tyson. He is a scientist. He's the, he's the curator of the Hayden Planetarium in New York. He's the face of cosmology and the face of science education. He did the the redid the cosmos the carl sagan original thing and i was just enthralled on this I, and let me be honest I, I like to read this stuff when i'm on the toilet and you know maybe when i'm at red lights sometimes as well but here's the thing i don't like reading articles that are just junk crap stuff that you that's passed along on facebook i like rolling stone i like sports illustrated i like popular science where the quality of journalism and the interviews and the people they're talking to is good and so I like science, so I want to hear somebody like Neil deGrasse Tyson interviewed in a major publication. So trust me, you want to level up from this passed around on the Internet stuff and get into the big leagues. And here's the best part. Next issue sets you up with all that, and they're offering a free trial right now when you go to nextissue.com slash badchristian. Again, you can try it for free right now when you go to nextissue.com slash badchristian. Yeah, and use that link. Because that's, you know, that's how we get credit for referring people. Break it down, Dada. Break it down, oh, break it down. Break it down, oh, break it down. In case you haven't heard, I have another podcast called Break It Down. And my guest this week on the Break It Down podcast is Dave Bazan of Pedro the Lion. Now, he's one of the most influential people on of Emory's Music Forever and my favorite artist of all time. He lives in Seattle. He came over to my house. We hung out and had a little bit of a conversation. Here's a little bit from that convo. I love it. Like, so I was thinking about like on control mm-hmm. and, you know, you got a line about corporate cum. So you say cum in that. Mm-hmm. That had to be like, ooh, when you wrote that, you thought, okay, somebody's not, this will be fun. Like you had to have that mentality a little bit, right? Well, uh, so I'm a bad strategist and uh-huh. it's not until... I kind of am in my own head and and my own audience for a little bit, and when the record was all done, and I put it in the mailbox to my parents, I mailed them a, a mm-hmm. CDR because that was how long ago it was. And uh, as soon as I the mailbox lid closed, it just all dawned on it's me. Like, oh just, crap! <laughs> oh no! There's some messed up stuff on this record. There's like all kinds of sex. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, m- multiple references to come and um, shit. I think, and um, and then so that's when it starts to dawn on me. So I do. I, I there is a little bit of blinders um, because I just am distracted and not a. I'm not a good chess player. Yeah, I'm just like this feels cool. This feels cool. But but you're aware of like you said, so things need to be pushed. So that, I mean, mm-hmm. that was an aggressive lyric when you wrote it. 
It, okay, it so go to breakitdownpod.com, listen to that episode, and subscribe and listen to all my other episodes. I've got Cody from As Cities Burn, uh, Tim from Under Oath, Science Mike was on recently, and I've got some great episodes coming up. So go to breakitdownpod.com or subscribe on iTunes today, people. All right. Can we get Maddie? Is is Maddie? Maddie, can you join the podcast here? Maddie Mullins, are you there? All right. Let's see. I got my stuff on. So where are you, Maddie? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. That's where I live. You live in Nashville. So you just got back from Warp Tour, I guess, then, huh? Yes, sir. Awesome. How was it? I was awesome, man. It was our favorite year yet, to be honest. Um, it was our third time, uh, second time back on main stage. And uh, I guess the more you do it, the more you kind of get used to all the craziness and, mm-hmm. and it all starts to make sense. And so it was good, man. Good coming back. Good, good, good. Yeah, there was a bunch of craziness about other bands and stuff on this one. So did, did that get weird at all with all the hoopla that goes on with should some bands play or not? Did anything get crazy? I mean, man, there's something crazy every year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's whatever. If you if you choose to associate yourself with it, you know, I'm sure it's pretty wild. But for us, man, like, we were there to, to play a good rock show day in and day out and uh, didn't really concern ourselves with other people's issues, so... Well, what was, let me see, did, was, uh, what did I read that you had some trouble one time for a comment? You t- Was that on Warp Tour when you said stuff and people made a big deal about that? Yeah, totally. What was man. that? Can you t- will you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, well, a couple years ago, um, I, I was kind of at a weird time in my life. Um, not that that's an excuse for it at all, but I guess I, I didn't think so much about what I was saying before I said it. And mm-hmm. um, I had good intentions. I think that my intentions were of the spirit, but my words were of the flesh. Does that make sense? Uh huh. I've heard of that um, terminology before. Yeah. And, you know, I made a comment about the way that girls were dressed at Warp Tour to um, remind them to respect themselves and uh, had a huge uproar of, of people that were offended by the comment. And um, Later on, I, I did multiple interviews where I'd apologize for the wording that I chose and so on and so forth. And I think that most people have come to kind of move past it. Yeah. Uh, and, and it gave me a chance to connect with people on a, on a different level, too. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of the 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 toughest part about being in the spotlight is you know i think that everybody does make mistakes except you know like when you're in the spotlight as much as we are uh the mistakes get to become a lot bigger than than the average person's well, mistakes let's, let's talk about that topic not about your controversy but i guess the thing is i find that one interesting it's like basically there's this good intention mentality that that you'd want to have when you see girls dress a certain way and you say like it seems like it's not good, or I don't want my daughter to dress that way. But then, and so you're trying to say something that you think is uh, advocating for them, or or even loving, and say you could you, you should cover yourself up, you should have more respect for yourself, stuff like that. And then there's a, it's, I'm less familiar with it, but I'm starting to understand it. There's like a backlash of no, no, I choose this, I want this, and you're that's that's they call it slut shaming, I suppose. But it's yeah. just mm-hmm. where you. No, it's okay to dress this way and don't don't act like it, I'm doing something wrong because I'm choosing what I want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. totally. And th- that is that is the response. Um, you know, I think that, like I said, I chose the wrong words. I could have come at it with the you know with a different set of words and and I think had a totally different response. Um, I think there still would have been some backlash to it, but choosing to use words that are considered slut shaming, I guess, um, wasn't the best choice. And I think that 
the thing is, the thing that, that I should, the message I should have gotten across was, you know, you can dress however you want, um, you know, and, and I, I'm not going to treat you any differently. You know, Jesus loves you anyway. Uh, but I guess I come at it from a different perspective because I've been married for nine years now. And, uh, you know, I look at my wife and, and how special she is to me and, and our intimate relationship and how specific that is to us. And, and when you think about people kind of offering that part of themselves up to the world um, before they have a chance to offer it up to one person for the rest of their life, something that's so special to me, uh, it gets, I guess, you know, like I, I have a heart for that and to, to tell people that it, they don't need to do that, that it can be different, that it can be beautiful, it can be special and individual to them. Um, so, you know, that's where I was coming from and I just said it the wrong way. See, now, here's where I, I'll probably sound terrible now. And also yeah, go the, for it. <laughs> so let me take the pressure off. <laughs> let, let, let it all lay on me. One thing, too, is slut shaming. All I can think of is slushy or something. It's like a flavor of slush. That does not sound like that bad. <laughs> slut, that kind of sounds like yeah, a good thing. A like, dessert. <laughs> yeah, I might get it at 7-Eleven. I'm going to get a slut shame. But, um, <laughs> but here's the thing. Okay, Maddie just said, uh, you know, I'm not going to treat you any differently, however you dress. But for me... I think I should be. It should be okay for me to go dress how you want. I am going to treat you differently. If, if like, you know what I mean. Like, I, I don't. If you're going to dress a certain way, I might not. I'm not saying I'm going to be mean or be cruel or whatever. And I kind of think that's what you were getting at anyway, Maddie. And people, like you said, when regardless when you're in the spotlight, stuff gets blown up either way. And there's always going to be people on either side. But I, I mean, it should be okay for me to treat if a girl or girls are walking up to me at a concert scantily clad. Or acting, uh, uh, well, however they choose to act, is it not okay for me to act differently? I mean, that, is that me? Is that me uh, shaming? Not. I mean, I, I well, mean, because the the, ex, the extent of that would be you ultimately it turns into I you blame act, them for things that happen. No, but to I them definitely if act, are unwanted. If somebody wants to drink too much at an Emory show, but they want to talk to me after, I'm, and they're crazy and hanging on, on me, or or just wanting to talk and get their their breaths in my face, or their e-cigarette steam is blowing in my nose. I might treat them differently. Yeah. They can do what they want. That's totally fine. You're choosing to do what you want. Why can't I choose what to do? Why is that immediately like I'm a bad guy? Okay, it'd be like this. Does that not make sense? Yeah, but it's like if somebody's drunk and then they wound up getting punched in the nose, it's still not okay they got punched. You can't, well, you were drunk and you, you're stupid, so that's why you got punched in the nose. Like, like, you know, they were being obnoxious that's like and saying, rude but, or mean. Okay, but if you extend that to the way people dress, like, oh, because you think that right. you can show your midsection, it's okay for the unwanted sexual advances. That's, no, no, that's no, what no, you're yeah, saying. Right, that's not what so. I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. My, I guess from my point, I would say if I were to avoid a female dress sure, sure. In, in a way, is that, that that's still shaming? Not, I just think it's interesting. That's all. I think it's neat. <laughs> to think about because I hadn't thought about it a ton. Yeah, I haven't You either. know, for me, I think it's just, it comes down to, to me wanting to be a leader and a good leader at that. You know, I think that God gave me the platform I have um, to honor Him in, in everything I do. And, and it's important for me to think about the words that I choose before I choose them. Uh, and so I, I think, like I said, there's a, a, a bunch of different ways I could have said it. It could have come across differently. Mm -hmm. I want my fans to know I do love them. I do accept them. Um, I hope that uh, maybe I'll be able to offer some sort of guidance from whatever life experiences I have that I can bring to the table. Um, it's just important to choose the right words is all. So, so you yeah. sound like a pretty clean clean cut guy do you have difficulty living what i'm guessing is a pretty clean cut uh lifestyle in being in a band and, and the stuff all the stuff you do is it hard for you you know i people ask me that question all the time and i think when i was younger the answer would be yeah you know i mean like uh 
all you really want to do is, is kind of fit in out on the road and, and be, be one of the guys and, and get to hang out and have all the cool experiences of being on tour and stuff like that. And so, you know, I made mistakes when I was younger. I started touring full-time when I was 19. Wow. And, uh, you know, so for me, these days, um, I, I would say I don't, I, don't, I don't keep my faith on the road. I think my faith keeps me on the road, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and so when I find that I kind of retreat from some of those activities that might be um, not good for me, you know, and, and I kind of Like back, back lounge prostitutes, no and coke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, he- heavy drinking or, or whatever yeah. it may be when I, when I retreat from stuff like that and, and just kind of spend one-on-one time, uh, talking on the phone with my wife or, or diving into a devotion or watching a Judah Smith sermon on online or whatever. Um, the next day I wake up and I'm, I'm, I'm more proud of who I was the day before. And I've realized that that can create so much joy in my life when I make decisions in the moment that might not feel as fun or as, as awesome, uh, but the next day I wake up and I'm proud of what I chose to do, uh, and that's been just a constant growth period for me on the road, doing that day in day out. And uh, not that I'm always perfect or <laughs> anything like that, but um, but I do think that uh, I think staying connected with Jesus, uh, you know, staying in prayer on the road, and and uh, surrounding myself with good people that that appreciate who I am and and that I can appreciate and learn from uh, is ultimately the best way to enjoy touring. And, and yeah. so you would you know, not consider that. yourself a bad Christian then. <laughs> I think I think every Christian is a bad Christian, in my opinion. Well, is Memphis May Fire? Are you guys a Christian band? Are you the only Christian in your band? Or what, well, how does that play out? No, there's a there's a couple of, of us that see eye to eye on things and that have the same beliefs. Not everyone in the band is in, in agreement with that, and that's okay. Uh, we're not a Christian band. We never have been. Yeah. Um, the The growth in in my lyrics, the 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 way that I. I guess I'm, I'm bold in my faith these days and have been for a couple years in our music and offstage. Um, that's just come from from my own personal growth. And so, uh, you know, I have to be honest through my music and, and through my lifestyle. The only story that I can tell is my own. And uh, and so I do. And, you know, what's cool is like the other guys that might not have the same beliefs in the band, uh, they all stand behind me no matter what. I think that they all understand how important my message is to me and, and how important it is for me to... Uh, to be honest through music and to share what I think needs to be heard. And so no matter what, they're always there to back me up. And uh, that's something that's really special about us. Did you get uh, press training? You sound like a professional athlete answering these questions, Maddie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what, no, you, your honestly, publicist go over them with you? T- no, to be honest, man, I feel really weird right now. I've got one <laughs> I've got one headphone in, one out. I can't hear myself, kind of. It Maybe I'm talking to you guys looking at a computer screen with a it's audio a monitor. Thing. It's weird. It's kind of, this is different than any, any uh, interview I've ever done before. So, well, you, you, but it's you've cool not though. done other podcasts? Uh, I did one, but I was in a studio. Uh-huh. Um, I did one, uh, I forget what it was called, man. Uh, out here in Nashville, I sat down in the studio uh-huh. and I could hear myself. I, you know, it was kind of, I was in the room with the people, so it's a little yep. bit different. Yeah, it's harder. It's kind of a, this is kind of a punk rock uh, DIY. Vibe. This kind <laughs> of know, a like, DIY thing. I'm getting used to it, though. I think it's cool. I'm, I'm happy to talk to you guys as well. <laughs> well you, sure. uh, you, when I talked to you on the phone recently, you said that you and some buddies even listened to our podcast, and I don't bring that up and ask typically, but you told me that you and some friends in Nashville listened to our show. Yeah, so I go to a Wednesday when I'm home, which is not very often, but when I am, I go to a Wednesday men's Bible study. It's so amazing, man. Uh, I live in Spring Hill, uh, which is about 40, 45 minutes south of, of downtown Nashville. 
And since living here for the past year and a half, like God keeps bringing these amazing men into my life that um, can hold me accountable and can kind of be there to lift me up when I need that. Um, There's a band uh, back in the day I listened to called Bleach. Davey, the singer of Bleach. Yeah, we know Bleach. He leads the Bible study. Um, All the guys, the guys from the wedding, Trevor and Cody from the wedding, they're there. Um, Micah from Hawk Nelson, he goes. And it's it's basically a group of guys that know what it's like to be on the road and not be able to kind of really get connected with the church very Mm -hmm. well. Um, And so, you know, we all meet on Wednesdays and just kind of lift each other up. And we're we're all, you know, honest about the fact that we're all screw-ups. And and we get to be open and honest about that. And and nobody needs to offer any, you know, really super spiritual advice or anything. We can kind of just be there for each other. And I think that that's what community is. I think that's what God created it to be. And so, man, that that Bible study has been amazing for me. Anyways, aside from that... uh, Going there and hearing those guys talk about uh, Emory, talk about the the Bad Christian podcast, everyone's like, man, they're really cool, they're really open, they're really honest, and and I was like, well, man, that's something I would like to do, and, and so I don't know how this really got set up or worked out, but um, I'm really stoked to do it. I think it's awesome. That's cool. Now, I, w- I was reading, your dad is a pastor or was a pastor, or and you, so you grew was. up in a pretty like conservative Christian household, is that is that what it is? That is the truth, man. Yeah, my dad was a pastor. Unfortunately, um, my mom and dad got divorced when I, when I was six or seven years old. Um, and when that happens, most times in the church, uh, pastor is forced to step down from from his place of leadership uh, if 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 he's in you know involved in divorce. Um, so he was forced to step down as a pastor, but continued to lead Bible studies. And he would go to like you know old folks' homes and retirement homes, whatever you want to call it. And he would lead Bible studies there, and 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 I would go and kind of just observe so I could watch my dad continue to preach. And he really is on fire, man. He he's one of the coolest guys I've ever met. I'm really lucky to have him as a dad. Uh, and he's he's really firm too, you know, so I can call him anytime and, and know that I'm getting sound advice. Um, but yeah, my mom also, amazing woman of God. She's awesome. And uh, and so, yeah, that's definitely the household I came from. How did they, what, what caused them to split? Yeah, what it happened? Like they're such good people. Sorry, what was the question? What, what caused them to split? Like good, two Christian people who are on fire for the Lord, what caused them to get separated? Yeah, you know, I think that that goes even a little deeper than than I've ever really understood. Yeah. You know, um, maybe issues that stemmed from from them as children and uh, trust things, and uh, you know, I think maybe what my dad expected out of my mom that to him seemed totally normal, but to her seems like too much. And right. and I don't I don't know, man. Um, you know, I, I've tried to to take what I can from that and learn from it and apply it to my own marriage so that we don't make the same mistakes. That's a um, smart move. Well, that's what I was yeah. going to ask you too. Were you worried like before you got married, uh, you have a, you know, your yeah. family divorce runs in your family, like other stuff. Uh, did that scare you a little bit? No, um, I don't think divorce is hereditary. Um, you know, divorce is something that is a choice and um, I can't speak for my mom or dad or the decisions they made but uh, when my wife and I we made a commitment to each other when we were 18 years old we got married um, and uh, that's the most important thing in our lives I think that when we look at like modern society in 2015 and everything I think the whole idea behind marriage is the same thing that that people think about with their cell phones and their cars and everything they're like man once I'm tired of this I'm just going to upgrade it Um, but for us man I think that there's more joy to be found in fixing what's broken than there is replacing what's broken. And and we kind of stick to that, man. And she's awesome. I can't take, 
any credit or anything. You know, she's amazing. She's supportive and she's awesome. And, and we, we, we just see eye to eye on so many things. And, and for that, I'm thankful. Well, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. Divorce isn't hereditary. However, the, the types of things, I mean, in the model you grow up in, I think it's worth everybody. I think it's good advice for everybody to really take an inventory of the shortcomings of your parents and what they are because they will affect you one way or another you know people that say no matter what i won't be like this or people that there's another part of it where i mean it's really a combination of both for most people where you're like your parents in all the ways that you're not even aware of and then the parts that you're very aware of you rail against and then sometimes still fall into it anyway or become badly on the opposite side so it's I, my opinion is it's definitely worth looking into, even with your parents, to understand deeply. I would, you know, to try to understand as much as you can about your background because your background is you only have one of them, and it's very important. You know, it's very big. It's a very big deal. Because I mean, I agree. I agree. You know, I think that um, kind of the old school mentality about women being submissive, and and I think that sometimes that gets really twisted. I think that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you really look at, at like God designing men, men and God designing women, and I think that the whole idea of like submissiveness is turned into this like really ugly thing where women who want to be uh, leaders and stuff don't feel like they can be submissive if they're leaders and, and so on and so forth. And I think that the whole idea of like a woman being submissive, I think that that would come naturally when she trusts and understands that her mm-hmm. husband puts her first, that her husband loves her, wants what's best for her. Um, uh, you know, works for her and 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 is willing to you die. know to meet to, to meet in the middle her, yeah. yeah to die for I mean, to meet in the Jesus middle on things yeah man so I think that um, it's just you know I think that a lot you, of marriages that, that fail you, don't sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you there um, do, go ahead say what you're gonna say I, I shouldn't interrupt you no it's okay I was just gonna I think a lot of marriages that fail come down to to one or one or the other person not being willing to to give. Um, and more so just looking to receive in a lot of areas. And so I think you just kind of have to come in at the mindset that, you know, this isn't always going to look exactly the way that I thought it would or the way that I want it to. Um, but you have to understand that joy comes from the sacrifices you make and that God designed marriage. And so if you do it the way that he asked us to, I think that it can be beautiful. Dude, does that make you with that submission language and stuff, uh, complementarian, you fully identify that way? Uh, can you rephrase that? Uh, complementarian with you know men and women, like you are comfortable with the language of of females submitting to ma- men biblically, basically. You know, that's it's it is a tough one, right? Because I say that you have to you have to understand what it really means. But I don't even I can't even say that I fully understand what yep. it means. I think that what what I was saying by that is you know I think that a, a woman would would desire to be submissive, would find joy uh-huh. in being submissive. Um, and I don't know how you would define submissive. You yeah, I, or, I ask that um, because I struggle with that for sure right now. Like, I, 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 not super recently, I, I would be way stronger on using the language of men, sub, women submitting to men and stuff like that. And I still really do think that makes sense. I think when I read the Bible and understand it, I think it does make sense in the way that you're saying it. But at the same time, it's a scary thing you're to a have pig. to. Yeah, it's, it's a scary thing <laughs> well, to have to well, articulate. Well, here's the thing that I think you guys are saying, but maybe haven't articulated yet. It. Also, I'd submit to my wife in a lot of things. That, that, yeah, submission, totally. that, that submission thing, is, it sounds so scary. It sounds yeah. like I give everything. It sounds like the, what's the, 
the gray book or Fifty Shades of Gray or whatever, like you're submissive and it's this oh, yeah, yeah. BDSM thing where yeah. it's really the man is the strong one and you give you give everything and you are his slave. That is not what anybody wants. That is not what a healthy marriage would even look like. I, yeah. I do not want my, I love my wife. I would not want her to be a slave to anybody, especially me. And if I treated her like that, I, I would hate seeing her that way with an with sure. a, a, anybody male or female so i think what you guys are saying is is right in a sense of and I, I like the way you said that maddie like in a in a great relationship and a healthy relationship there will be times where you submit to the other one and that should happen regularly and you would want that and it would actually be a great part of of the marriage because it wouldn't be submitting like okay well he gets his way He's the leader. So it's not that's not what we're talking about. Not or at all. she gets her way. Well, you know, okay, I'll just do what she says. That's not healthy. What is actually healthy is, hey, I right now I feel like I'm making some decisions with this, this, and this. My wife says those exact same things sometimes, and I go, Okay, let, let's do it this way. I I'm I'm signing off on this. I, I wanna I think that you are great and and seeing a lot of things. Like even yeah. going going back to like my wife helped me. She didn't come from a divorced marriage. Her her father passed away when she was eighteen, but I, my family did get divorced. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was in high school, and she was the one that actually was. I, I was like, kind of what Matt, what you were saying. I was like, I'll never get divorced. I've said that, and I will not get divorced. Screw them. They they got divorced. They didn't handle it right. Blah blah blah. I'm not ever getting divorced. And then my wife was like, Hey, we have to at least have this conversation. That that. I mean, we. If you're saying you can't get divorced, then you're relying on what your own will or your own strength or your own smarts or brain. Whatever. She, like Jess actually said, Hey, listen. If we want to not get divorced, then we need to be aware that we're weak, sinful people that could be led away at yeah. some point and get divorced. Like, like mm. let's be aware of that that, right. that those things are possible. Right? You know what I mean? And when right. you don't, then when you don't, you just war against. It. And I realized, oh, I'm actually hurting my marriage by by but, saying but no be, matter what. It's I'll almost never. insecurity, right? right? Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. It, it was like, oh, I won't be like that no right. matter what. So it was more about my parents' marriage in some ways. Than my bet, own. Bet your own self. Right. And, and so, your flaws are yeah. not. And so my wife, who didn't come from a divorced marriage, actually is the one that revealed to me, hey, marriage is, is potentially on the table for everybody. And if you're not aware of it or you're not aware that bad things are going to happen and you need to be vocal about those things, you know. So in that sense, she's taught me a ton and I've been submissive to learn or whatever. However you want to use that word for sure. Yeah, how, totally. How about, how about this, Maddie? I mean, you're a super successful guy. Most people, including me, would say you're damn good looking i mean you look unbelievable <laughs> but uh so what with what toby just said you being on the road and you having a lot of fans and obviously uh, a lot of girls they're just like oh my god she's so cute and all that stuff like would you be comfortable with saying yeah i could cheat on my wife like that could happen <laughs> You know what? I think that it all comes down to the situations that you're willing to put yourself in, you know? Um, like, what, what's, what are your real intentions out on the road? Uh, you know, what are you really trying to accomplish? Are you trying to, um, you know, cover up your insecurities by letting people compliment you and tell you things that you want to hear? Yeah. Um, are, are you out there to make a difference? And for me, dude, honestly, I think a saving grace, um, because I am human, and, and, and I'll admit that, day in and day out, but um, ever since my band started getting noticed, um, I, I, you know, I've been really open and really proud about my, my marriage online as well. So I would say at this point, dude, I think my marriage is almost just as popular as my band. And because of that, you know, I, I there's just it's so rare that somebody says something that a girl would say something to me that's inappropriate or make a pass at me, you know, and not, and, and not to say that it hasn't happened, but man, 
it's so rare that that would happen because a lot of people um, that know my music also know my marriage and respect that just as much and and kind of look up to it in a way. And so, um, you know, for me, it's just it's not as likely, I think, uh, as for some other people that maybe kind of hide their marriage to to seem more desirable, if you will. You think people are doing that? Like guys in I, bands are doing that? Or brother, just... I know people are doing that. <laughs> well, you know what is the weirdest? I think of all the towns where the weird stuff goes on like that, it's, I think Nashville is one of the goofiest where people have uh, stage ages or professional ages. What do they call yeah. it? Like their, their, their age and whether or not they're married. Like It's like a character except for it extends to their whole life. I don't yeah. know if that's what you're talking about or not, but yeah, I know people totally. yeah, that downplay that the fact they're even married if it's good for their really Im- yeah for sure and age like people some some people say how old are you whatever and they say oh well my professional age is 28 yeah wow I think if there if there is real joy I- to be found in people following you and following your art. It's got to come from people following who you really are and like and getting to know who you really are. You know, like if you have to hide something or fake something so that people will follow or respect you or look up to you or whatever, you're going to wake up every day covered in anxiety thinking, you know, like one day this is going to end. Everyone's going to figure out who I really am and or what my age really is or the fact that I am married and and then it'll all fall apart. You know, like if I want to build, you know, build a foundation of people that respect the music I write and and listen to the music I write and support it, um, I want them to know every aspect of my life. I want them to know who I really am at heart because then I know that people are really supporting me and not just some image. Does that sort of conversation, you know, you're talking about that small group that you're in with uh, some other other guys would you say there's pretty healthy openness and transparency in that or people oh, just dude, kinda, totally yeah so just, not, just it's just not barely scratching the surface you're really getting deep no i mean man we we are there to be you know s- scary honest with each other um trusting that you know like when things should stay confidential in that group that they well, do that, and, that means y'all tell each other when you look at porn that's what you mean scary <laughs> you know I, it, you know the guys have brought that up that is definitely a conversation that's been had multiple times and and we can sit there and just know that that we're being honest with each other that we're accepting each other that we can you know pray for each other in that and and also guys can o- offer like hey this is this is something i was doing when i was struggling with watching porn or this you know this is uh this is something I would resort to. You know, I think one of the most powerful things that's ever been said in that group about watching porn is like, man, next time that that you're thinking you want to do that or you even are doing that in the act of doing that, don't don't think about the guilt trip of God being disappointed in you, but rather think about how much God loves you. And I think that that really changes your mindset. Like when you think about, man, I'm so loved, uh, I'm I'm so accepted, I'm. I'm, you know, I'm something that God thinks is so special. I think that that draws you away from sin more than thinking about the guilt trip or the punishment or the, or the, you know, like the hell aspect of it, you know? Um, and I've just seen a lot of like good stuff happen, man. I've seen lives change through that group and, and it's really cool. Sorry. I kind of went off on a little tangent. I, I think what you said though, honestly, at least for people like me is really needed to hear. I think the, you know, as far as, what God's done for us and how big grace is. I think where Christians err is when they think of themselves as very special, neglecting the only reason why we're special is because our identity is in Jesus. Like, you know, just the the whole Joel Osteen approach to Christianity. I mean, you're, you're great, all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think what you said, I, I know I came honestly from a huge background of legalism. I'm still stuck in that. I mean, you probably yeah, still, get rid of it. Yeah. Um, do, 
Maddie, do you get any uh, like any weird uh, like do, do any Christians push back on you guys not being Christian enough, or do any of the non Christians in your band do the, do the fans come up and ask them to pray for them or Bible verses, their favorite Bible verses and stuff? And they ever get like pissed or anything like that? No, I mean not not. I'm not sure I fully understand your question, but from what I do understand, I think no. I mean, my band is so awesome, man. I mean, I'm talking about guys that, that might not be believers. Um, at this point in their life, but guys that when, when someone comes up to him and, and is honest or has something to say or whatever, everyone's so respectful. And, yeah. um, you know, if someone comes up to a signing and wants to pray with me, I mean, my dudes are going to sit there and wait while it happens out of respect. Um, so no, I've got a great, a great group of dudes that I spend on, you know, time on the road with. So you made another album. It's a, a worship album. So you do that kind of stuff too. So I, I obviously you're going to do that. I, I don't know how long Memphis Mayfire will keep going, but I'm telling you from experience, man, you might keep it going for a long time. Emory's been rolling a long time. <laughs> so yeah, I, I hope you're following our footsteps. We're going to do it forever. But what, what would you do if you had to go straight? If you weren't, weren't doing music, what would you do? If I if I, what would I do if I wasn't doing music? Yeah, if you had to go straight, you know, it's all you'd lose all this. What are you gonna do? You gonna you know you're gonna be a pastor. That's my I, guess. I mean, but what I, what know, else would you do other than music? I don't know, brother. I mean, like I want to say I'm I want to sit here and be like I have some amazing answer for you. I don't, you know. But you gotta um, pay the bills. It's all dried up. Seven and a yeah. half years from now, what would you do? Would you consider working at church like as a worship leader? You do worship music, or absolutely, dude. I know like three chords on guitar. I think they're the three chords that you need to know for worship. Yeah, that's right. all you need. Um, <laughs> so I would definitely, I would definitely do that, man. Um, I would def, I mean, I would work at a church, um, man. If it came down to it, and I needed to support my family, I didn't have music. I, I would be a janitor. I would, you know, drive a school bus. I don't care, dude. I mean, like, I, I you know, the joy I have is is not. Uh, in my marriage doesn't come from how we pay our bills, but um, you know it comes from like paying our bills together and and doing it together and and, and really the time that we spend together is what's special. And so I don't know, man. I guess I would just kind of do whatever I had to do to make ends meet. But I, you know, I've met so ama- so many amazing people in in music and in the music industry that um, the honest answer is I probably would end up working at a label or working for a management company or something like that, uh, staying involved in music and being able to offer whatever you know little advice I, I have. At this point in my life that's cool so you do the screaming and singing right you do all the main vocals i do cool what uh how did you learn to scream how did you get into that well when i was um were you yelling at the devil <laughs> when i was probably 14 uh you know i was when i was in high school or whatever grade that was um you know my band would play local shows and stuff like that and uh you know, then I got introduced to, you know, we were like a rock band, uh, kind of like sound like acceptance or whatever. Uh, back then we thought we did at least. And then, um, you know, I, I got introduced to Blindside and, and, uh, Blindside is pretty much what changed it all for me. Listening to, to Christian, the singer of that band, like mm-hmm. go in and out of singing and screaming so seamlessly and so perfectly, uh, was a huge inspiration to me. I was like, man, that is so rad. I want to do that. Um, and so I started learning how to scream, quote unquote, learning how to scream, pretty much doing it wrong for years and years. Um, and then when I joined Memphis, uh, I had to, you know, I, when I came into this band about eight years ago, I had to really get serious about it. Um, kind of learn how to do it correctly. And to, to me, uh, Screaming correctly all, all comes down to just volume control. When we got onto in ears, in ears were saving grace for us. Understanding vo- volume control, understanding the things I could do with my voice without having to be loud, um, and so it's just been a learning 
curve, dude. Like it's been just like a huge process of uh, always admitting that I don't know enough about it and always being willing to learn more. And, and that's, you know, I'm not like, I wasn't born like some amazing singer or something. It's always just kind of a work in progress for me. How do you keep your voice healthy? That's what I always love asking singers. Cause I'm a singer as well. And I just, it, there are so many times where, I mean, a lot of people don't understand that. I mean, that, that stage time is awesome. And you, and our, our instrument is alive, and so the rest of the day affects it way more. And not like a, a drum or a guitar or a bass. You can change those strings and make it better. You can replace broken parts. Your voice, you know, is is the only thing you have, and it's alive and being affected daily. You you do any hacks, the the tees, the vocal warm ups, the anything? I I do a little bit. Um, I've done. So there's that lady Melissa Cross, the Zen of Screaming. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. She's pretty awesome and. I, I watched her DVDs and some of it made sense and some of it didn't. And then she she took interest in me a couple of years ago and I went out to New York and did like a lesson in her studio with her. And anytime we're in the New York area, she comes out, we go to the back lounge of the bus and, and do some vocal lessons. And um, I do a, a few warm ups, nothing crazy. Uh, honestly, man, for me, uh, the only way that my voice is going to stay strong for an entire tour is if I get enough sleep and drink enough water. You know, I think that as vocalists, we ourselves into thinking that we learn some cool new thing that's going to make the biggest difference every every tour i f- i feel like i have a new thing where i'm like oh man i have to have this cough drop 20 minutes before the set and then i drink traditional medicinals throat coat tea on stage and then you know blah 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 but the thing that makes the biggest difference for me is you know making sure that i'm taking inventory of how much water i'm drinking throughout the day and and getting to bed early dude i mean like not staying up not using my voice loud, like going out to bars or whatever and, and trying to talk over the noise, talk over the volume of people, um, just treating it with respect, you know, and, uh, and th- th- those are the things for me that, that keep it alive. Well, that's awesome, man. And so you guys just got off Warp Tour. What, what's next for you guys? Uh, well, in a couple of days, we're flying down to Austin, headlining this festival down there called like the the hoodang or so I don't even know what it is, mm-hmm. man. Um, and then, uh, on the 20th, we leave September 20th. We leave, uh, we're doing an Australian tour with Parkway drive. And then we go over to Europe and UK with, uh, August Burns red and asking Alexandria. And then, um, goodness, that's, that's pretty big cool stuff. It'll be cool. And then we come home and we start working on a new record and then we'll probably headline America again early 2016. That's the plan. That's crazy. Did you say you joined eight years ago? Yes. That's crazy to me because I, I swear, I swear you guys are a new band. Not because I remember when you guys, as soon as I heard, I just, I'm just making a joke about time going by quickly because I remember immediately when you guys came on the scene and people were talking about you. I swear that feels like yesterday to me, but you're almost as, you know, you've been around almost as long as we have in a lot of ways. So I'm sure your band started even before you joined. And so I just can't get over the way that time goes by so fast and that. Like I I remember being a, a new band, uh, and bands that have been had been around two years older seemed like the oldest bands in the world. They'd been around forever, and we're like the new band. And I still feel like the young band compared to them. But in the grand scheme, it's just this, you know it's been almost a decade. It's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Man. And you, you guys um, have a whole bunch of albums and everything. I know it, like five or six albums, don't you? Yeah, we've got four 
full lengths and uh-huh. two EPs yeah. out currently. And then a, we just this summer we re-released our last full length. It's called Unconditional. Um, as a deluxe reissue, it's got a couple new songs on it, a couple acoustic versions on it, and stuff like that. So, so when you talk to Matt and Toby, is it like talking to the the dads of heavy music? But no, we're just we're, we're only been around a little bit longer. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Like you would think that, but not really. I mean, we're we're. I mean, they've been around for a really long time too. How old are you, Maddie? I'm 27 years okay, old. Y'all are the dads. Okay, of well, music. maybe we're more like the dads. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in our age. It, Emery didn't really get signed until after I was 27. <laughs> That's true. We didn't start Emery until I was 25. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. It doesn't seem like like we've been around nearly as long as you guys have. I mean, like the the question. The question had been out for a while. It came out in 2005. I mean, it's 10 years ago. That's two years yeah. after you joined. Two years before you joined the band. I mean, isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that is <laughs> that is wild to think about it like that. You know, for us though, it, it makes sense that people would think of us as a newer band or whatever. Because I don't think people do. Um, I'm making a joke about my elderliness. That's all. Yeah. But I think at the same time, people do, and it, and it's because we, we we didn't have any great you know amount of success or anything until about I would say three or four years ago hmm. when people started paying attention. You know, it, it was it was a really tough climb for us we I had quite that. quite the struggle so um to a lot of people we're a new find or a, a new exciting that. band or that whatever but um yeah what was so what was so tough about it you were like you what what was the what was the tipping point then all right you want the rundown yeah give me the rundown all right so um in 2000 well yeah in 2007 um the band was on trust kill records yep signed it as their first record deal and we had just a really tough time. The band had only been around for about a year before I joined. They put out like an EP or something. Uh, the singer got his girlfriend pregnant and quit. So the band hadn't done much at all. And then they went through this huge vocal audition process, uh, did like 180 auditions before they found me uh, out of Spokane, Washington. And um, and then when I joined the band, you know, everybody that had come on board for the band, they had, they had brought on great management, had a deal... That with Trustkill at the time was a was a good label, um, and their booking agent was also great. And when I came in, everybody was kind of like, "Oh, the second singer stigma," you know, like this band is definitely not going to have the the fire that they had before. So we're all going to jump ship, and everybody and Trustkill went non-existent. I mean, that label was it's just starting to label, sink yeah. at that time, yeah. uh, starting to sink. And I mean, everybody was finding out like a lot of dirty stuff about the label. Um, so that happened, and then booking agent and and management dropped us so we were kind of left at a standstill being like what are we going to do and i was like man i really have so much faith in in this band's music and and the chemistry that kellen and i have writing together um that we're just not going to give up so we were booking our own tours we were spending our own money to buy on to tours we were uh jumping on whatever whenever um and then finally, we were able to get off of Trustkill by offering them 100% publishing uh, for the record we had done previously and a future record. So we would do wow. an EP, give it to them, give them 100% pub on it, and then walk Bastards. away. Yeah, wow. yeah. And then we did that um, and then uh, ended up being a, a labelless band for a few months Went down to Florida, did a record with Cameron Mizell, Chango Studios, uh, pro bono. He didn't charge us because he knew we had no money um, and knew that when someone picked up, you know, Lord willing, someone would pick up the record, um, that he would get paid the budget that he was asking. And within, I would say, a week and a half of, of that recording process, Rise got wind of it, uh, listened to a couple songs and offered us a deal 
So um, that was kind of the beginning of the band, and that we we had already been a band for like four years at that point. So so you know we had had like a huge struggle and a ton of unsuccessful tours and losing a ton of our own personal money and all working full time jobs trying to get on the road as often as possible. Um, and then finally, when we did that record and Rise picked it up, it's like people started to pay attention again. Uh, we got our management, and we got new management, we got a new booking agent, stuff like that. Um, and then it's just been kind of like a, 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 a gradual climb from there. That's a, that's a really cool story. I did not know, I wasn't aware of that at all. That's it. That's how it happened. So Trust Kill sucked, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bummer, dude. Yeah, and it's weird because I stay friends with the owner, Josh, because... I, I when I see him in, in person, like it, it's almost like he's a totally different dude. Like he doesn't yeah. have anything to do with the label, um, and, and I like to be civil with people. I just do. So um, it's but it's really weird. I'm never gonna lie in an interview or, or be dishonest. Like I'll tell you, like being on that label was a nightmare. Um, for every band that was on that label, it was a nightmare. I so. used to love that band Poison the Well. Do y'all remember them? Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Sure. Totally. So, so I guess a lot of those bands ended up on other labels, though, right? Yeah. And, and moved on. So that was good. But but that's what's so crazy. I remember Truskill back in the day. Um, Hope's Fall was Ho- on there. Hope's Fall signed Tr- yeah. Truskill. There's several bands where that label was like legit and were oh, signing yeah. great bands. It's it's really weird. All these label stories, like there's so many horror stories, like that have always come out. But like Truskill, or you've heard stories before about Victory. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. There's tons of it, all these labels. You always hear stories, and like you said, you're still friends with the guy, so that's kind of cool. Maybe you know, there's a story on each side always. So, yeah, totally, man. And and, and to be honest, though, you know, we had a, a we had a successful story coming out of it, but um, a lot of those bands ended up breaking up because of the label. You yeah. know, I mean, um, there there's some bands that continued on, like Bullet for My Valentine and stuff like that, or whatever. Um, but a lot of the bands ended up having to to just not continue because they just couldn't survive. So, you know, we lucked out. Well, so what are you going to do going forward? You're going to stay on Rise Forever? You love it there? Uh, we just we we delivered our final uh, Unconditional was our final record on the deal that we were in. Um, and we, you know, we considered a bunch of stuff, man. We were talking about, you know, we should be the Macklemore of metalcore. We should like yeah, put out a record independently. And we also talked about, you know, a few other labels and stuff like that. But we've had a lot of growth with that label. We've developed great relationships with the people at that label. They came back to us with an offer that we simply could not refuse. I'm pretty I like sure the that sound of that. I, I'm pretty sure that we just we just you know we just resigned for two records. I'm pretty sure we have the greatest deal in metalcore That's history. You know, very gracious deal, and so we're happy. We signed for two more records, and and we'll just see what happens with them. I've Sweet. always, we've, I've never had a deal that I couldn't turn down. <laughs> I've never, yeah, I've never encountered a deal so good I couldn't turn it down. I wish. Good the luck very to first you for one. That. That's amazing. When you say the very first one, you're like, well, it's the tooth and nail. No, no, definitely, I wouldn't say that. I've never had a deal so good that oh, this is too good to gotcha. you know. I've got to take that. Like, I love that. Like I'm all about us owning our music, doing all this stuff. But I would jump in a second if there was a deal I couldn't turn down. Yeah. I wish. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's great. So congratulations to you on that. I'm I'm thrilled to hear it that you could. Uh, persevere after this time and and be able to get to a place where you really are worth something you're able to get some get some stuff going your way that's a that's a it might be rare but congratulations for being able to get there yeah i appreciate that man i do cool well maddie well thank you for joining us man we've uh 
have wanted you on the show for a long time, so we're really glad this worked out. We're yeah, really I don't care you. what Toby said. I thought you were really interesting. He was very that concerned is coming into this. such a terrible pastor joke. <laughs> I mean, that just, that just shows how much of a pastor you are. a dad are. joke. A dad, <laughs> a dad pastor joke worse yeah. than a dad joke? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah pastor jokes pastor worse. You, you, yeah, you got, that, was, oh, yeah. that was double jeopardy right That's there. Like that a da- you know how dad was like, where'd you find this fella? Picked him up on the side of the road? I don't care what he says about you. You are good looking. That's a dad pastor joke. I do the dad jokes all the time. <laughs> no, it was awesome, hey. man. Good meeting you. Yeah, likewise, man. It was a pleasure. I'm, I'm happy to come back anytime you guys will have me. So, so uh, given that some of our listeners may never have listened to your music, where do Bullshit. they go? Bullshit. Right? They know who it is. They know. They is. know. There may be one or nope. two. What album <laughs> there, do they go there's to, There's a man? chance. There's a chance. Um, yeah, it's just the, the band one, name the on, on all the social networks. You know? the uh, Can you let the man talk? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know facebook.com slash memphis mayfire it's the same on twitter and instagram and you know my name is maddie mullins and and you can find me the same way and uh if you haven't heard of us yet it would be an honor for you to check us out yeah and your your, uh solo record too check that out everybody yep and it's just my name and that's it so real easy all right dude hey thank you so much guys i'll be up in seattle on uh Sunday and Monday, if you guys want to hang out at all, if you guys are free, I don't know if you guys are on the road I live or anything in like Seattle, that. Seattle, but I'm not in town right now. Toby and Joey live in South yeah, Carolina. Yeah, we're in so, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I might be back by then. Where are you playing? Cool, not playing. Uh, oh, okay. My favorite, my favorite dentist in the world. She's out there, so I go up and see her when I can. <laughs> what? Uh, well, you're from Spokane, yeah, she, right? I am from Spokane. So yeah. You fly to Seattle to go to the dentist? I, d- I mean, I do. It's that. It's it's really important to me. Uh, the the dentist is called Smile Matters. She's amazing, dude. Uh, if you can go see her downtown, dude, she'll change your life, man. man. She's you, like, you have terrible dentist stuff. You should, maybe you should check her out. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I would go to a dentist in downtown Seattle, and it couldn't be more than a couple blocks away from you where my house. Yeah, it's pretty cool because the reason I love her so much is you know like we all spent time on the road like not taking great care of our teeth and whatever and. The worst thing in the world is is finding a dentist and, and them being like super judgmental and like, giving you like a spiel about how you need to do this and that. And she's awesome, man. Like she's just like, hey, honey, like if you're gonna do that to your teeth, that's fine. You're gonna have to pay me to fix it, but I'm happy to, and what, I'm not gonna give you, you a lecture. You know about? what? Do, what is the what is the thing about rock people in rock bands do their teeth? What do they? Well, do? you know, brother. I mean, I don't know if you guys were always in a bus, but we weren't. We toured in a van for a long time, yeah. and you know, like brushing your teeth in a van was sometimes hard sometimes you're just irresponsible and uh you know for years on the road we you know i don't think that we had the best dental hygiene so uh coming out of that and getting it back up to par was was not an easy task but i did it and i did it at smile matters in seattle washington (laughs) (laughs) today's show sponsored no that's good if you're somebody you like enough to take a plane ticket to go see i think that's great anyway thanks maddie We'll, we'll talk to you later totally brother good to talk to you guys all right see you man see you later all right, Maddie Mullins, man, Ooh, what a man. great interview! Yeah, yeah. thank you, Maddie, for Definitely. stopping. We keep by. getting just, we just keep getting more and more people. On I this could listen podcast. to his voice forever and a day. Not even his I singing and screaming, but his, his talking. You mean, right? Yep. All right, exactly. Exactly. Interesting dude. Yeah. Do you love him? Uh, in Jesus' holy name, Amen. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, hey, we're gonna. Uh, let you in on one of our BC clubbers is something we're going to be doing the next handful of weeks uh, for folks that aren't familiar. And this shows off your first class interviewing skills. 
Yeah, I'm Joey, excited to listen to this week. This is who, world are we class gonna, who are we going to talk to today, Joey? Who are you? Well, real quick, to? for those of you that want to be in the BC Club, go to badchristian.com forward slash contribute. Uh, these folks that we're hearing from uh, on the podcast are folks that give at top a level supporters. Level. Yeah. Interesting exactly. folks. As exactly. Well. So today's guest, he, he is a Neanderthal. <laughs> so what are you talking about? <laughs> That's not a compliment. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's from Australia, and his last name is Neander. Let's do it. All right, let's play this. Need to introduce you to Jordan, all the way from Sydney, Australia. Am I correct, Jordan? Yes, that is right. And your last name is Neander. Is that how you say it? Yeah, that's it. Sweet man, mm-hmm. super exciting to have you on here. Uh, you weren't at Thanks, you weren't at Easterfest or the Emory Show in Sydney, were you? Uh, we actually played. On the same stage as you guys at Easterfest. I'm in a band, so yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't know uh, about uh, Emery and all that until after we after we left. Are you you is, didn't uh, know they were there? Or you had never heard of them. I'd never heard of them before, oh and then God, I got introduced. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe so, it. He's a liar. Yeah. And you already <laughs> knew about Bad Christian then, or not? No, I found out about Bad Christian and Emery. Uh, like a good month nice. after. Nice, that's right. Because you joined back in July, man. That's mm. that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. Well, if you would have <laughs> met me in Sydney, I was very depressed that trip, so it wouldn't have been any fun anyway. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, what, how we uh how we end these calls is we want to not let you off the hook. We want to respect you because you're our friend. You help us out and everything, but. I mean, yep. you, you know we have to pick on you, especially you're 22, so you're kind of like a little brother. And Do if it. I didn't pick on you at all, then you'd be like, man, does Joey and Taylor even love me? You know? All right, so... Hey, go, ahead, go for it. Yeah, three questions. You have to answer them. First question is, how is your spiritual journey, brother? <laughs> he took uh, this serious. Jeez. Um, I was trying to be it's, trivial. It's good. Uh, it's good. Good. He's probably thinking, yeah. what in the hell? Awesome. It's, Are it's you, good. Do you have accountability? Do you have it's an accountability good. buddy? Uh, I'm in a Bible study. So okay. I, I just guess had to go with it, man. Uh, yes. <laughs> Are you really bouncing your eyes? I'm being hilarious. Are you bouncing your eyes? Yes. I do try. All right. That's, that's have you ever funny. been mad at something that me, Toby, or Matt, or a guest said? And what was it? Uh... Not really, never, but I do sort of feel very sympathetic towards you. Just, uh, I feel like uh, Matt hates you, sort of. But I know that's not the case, but I know everyone, everyone says it, but I feel I have a soft spot for you in my heart. Wow. Well, I, I, can, feel you, man. I can assure you that we all love each other. And yeah, par- part, of it is enterta- part of it's entertainment, and part of it is we've been friends for so long, we can mm. just say crazy shit to each other. And not yep. get mad, but as as you know, with some former episodes, we have gotten mad at each other. This so. is another case of him yep. people confusing right. Matt and Toby, by the way. So last question, That's not true. And this yes, is it really is. Gonna, uh, <laughs> no, it's be not. A horrible Can't tell whose voice is who. Never Trust heard of me. this guy. But do you All think that You'll Rob see. Bell is the shit, full of shit, or you don't give a shit? I uh, don't give a shit. I don't know who that guy is. All right. <laughs> never heard of him. So, no, that's perfect because the the last option was for people that have never heard of him. So you did a heck of a job. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, mate. I don't know who you are. <laughs> um, so now you can Google him out of curiosity or you get up in the morning for this kid. Who this guy is. Doing whatever he can. Well, Jordan, we really 
uh, sincerely want to thank you. Uh, honestly, it's just uh, unbelievable to have people supporting us. And uh, All right, Taylor. I'm cutting it there. Very good, Joey. That one's much better than last week's. Yeah. I loved it. Wow. Anyway, they just well, keep getting better and better. Good, good. Because of Joey, I thought the guests are always good, but Joey, your your skills are improving. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Abundantly. It's amazing. Even though you asked him how his journey and you didn't even let him off the hook, he uh, just said, good. Good. All right. <laughs> well, that's that's, be- that's because I was expecting an Why actual you say laugh. I'm joking. Because I was just like, well, now I don't want to make him feel super stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just do it later when he's not on the phone call. <laughs> yeah. All right. So sorry, sorry, Jordan. I was kidding about your spiritual journey, but thank you for opening up. Kind of. We love joking about spiritual journeys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can we move on to something that I think you we got need? It. I'm going to predict what that is. Hey, this is coming to you from Joshua Kelly, Lindsey Metcalf, Phil Clare, Tyler Hartwig, Jake Gunther, Clark Medlin, Timothy Goodrich, Nathan Hendricks, Nick Myers, Matt Ramsey, Tim Kaysen, Nick Marshall, Travis Todd, Matt Banfield, and Ken Powell. You are the true heroes of this news. You are, my friends. Badchristian.com forward slash contribute. Thank you for bringing the bullshit every single week. In a world (laughs) where your friend and Brandon Urban, Jerry... Where your friend is a pastor, and he his favorite joke is your spiritual journey. <laughs> My name is Toby Brown's The Damn News. I'm going to get mine. I get mine. Y'all understand? I get mine. You just did like a hip-hop move with your hands. I hand. get mine. All right. Uh, this comes from Yahoo. Why Jessa Duggar finally turned against her older brother. Okay. Now, if y'all don't know, and I never watched the Duggars and the 19 Kid thing and all that stuff, but apparently... This is the main girl from them, and I don't know. I, I think she that sounds so terrible. People let her be a, like a huge Christian person and stuff like that, but I think she might have ended up being like the prettiest Duggar or something, so people listen to her. I probably sound so terrible right now. I shouldn't say that, but I kind of <laughs> no, think that's that probably way. probably right. It's probably wrong, but the prettiest person from the family gets to be the supreme leader, I guess. But anyway... Y'all heard about her brother Josh Duggar, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna paraphrase. Supreme, this a the bit. prettiest person of the family gets to be the 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 only the monarch in charge of North Korea. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I promise you. I know it sounds crazy, but that I don't. Why is she so much higher and more famous than her sisters? Or no, her no, I agree. I'm just that's what they call Kim Jong Un. Uh, yeah, I know. Is <laughs> all right. I have my news. Very leader. similar. Let me finish this story here. So basically, Jessa Duggar Seawald is the younger sister of Josh Duggar. Y'all know about Josh, right? Not only did he get accused of potentially uh, child molestation uh, charges He also stole a bunch of Pokemon cards. He was on unbelievable Pokemon theft, and he was on Ashley Madison as well. So she is kind of stood beside her... With R.C. Sproul Sr. Kind of stood beside her brother. But uh, finally, uh, she's speaking out, even if indirectly, uh, the 22-year-old mother, expectant mother, who stood by Josh during his molestation scandal earlier this year, tweeted a link on Tuesday to a scathing blog post by her father-in-law condemning her brother. So her father-in-law condemns her brother, and the title of that is, is uh, Grief, Shame, and Taking the Lord's Name in Vain. The post wow. written by Michael Seawald. Blast Josh, who's 27-year-old, is a pretender for living a covert and extensive lifestyle of evil and bringing shame, shame on God's holy name and the Christian faith. First of all, do you think you can bring shame to God's holy name with your sin? I mean, that, that, that 
I don't think God ever is like, oh, man, they really made me look bad, you think? going to have to agree with you there, man. I don't think God sweats us. Yeah, I know. I think he goes, okay, I can annihilate you like, all. Like, like when people say something and a Christian takes offense, don't you dare say that about my Lord and Savior. Right. I think God's like, Sure, hey, yes, I agree with that. But on the, to the other point, he is grieved by our actions probably in his name. Not that. Not, yes. Not, yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yeah. Grieved. Right, yeah. Okay. But he doesn't have shame, I don't think. I no. think grieved is the better word. Maybe that's what this guy meant. But anyway, it basically goes on. The father-in-law writes, Josh claimed to be a Christian, but by his deeds he has suggested otherwise. With the name of God on his lips, he lived a covert and extensive lifestyle of evil while proudly saying things like, our family is the epitome of conservative values, uh, while he was looking at porn and soliciting affairs. I would like to say that, first off, I think the problem is how in the world could this Josh Duggar go to anybody in this whole Christian family? As soon as they found out anything, most likely it would have been very terrible. You can't you can't be open about your sin in situations like this. So I don't think the the Josh Duggar guy has really screwed up. He's done a bunch of really bad stuff, definitely, right? Definitely. I think part of that is because it's suppressed in Christian culture because you can't even talk about those things. You can't say, "Hey, yeah, actually, I look at porn and and it's it's really tough." And I, I want to stop, but I continue to mess. I mean, there's a lot of times where everybody wants that. Like we were going, like we were talking even earlier about just uh, salvation and sanctification. What that means, like people want it immediately. Like you're sanctified. Oh, wait, I'm a Christian. That means I don't sin no matter what. And there's no room to acknowledge all this stuff. And then later people can talk really badly about you. So I want to clarify something right now here about the Bad Christian Podcast. People think we, we talk a lot of shit about pastors and Christians and all this stuff. And here's what I want to say. The thing that we are talking about is the hiddenness. Everybody sins. I, and starting with me, right. I'm talking about that. We are not saying when somebody uh, gets a divorce or when they uh, cheat on their spouse or they go uh, sign up for Ashley Madison and all this stuff, that they're just the worst people. And that's what I feel like this girl's father-in-law saying yeah, what we're saying I, is, yes of course they do those things yes right. of course they do them let's talk about them and instead of jesus does not in fact shame you yes he goes hey yeah man you're messed up i love what matt said the other day when he was just like why can't pastors reaction to ashley madison that are on ashley madison instead of coming forward with this confession be yeah me too me too you know me yeah too. that's what i'm saying we're not when we say this person like. got divorced right. or this person got on ashley madison or this person did this i'm not saying so now i'm distanced myself from them i'm saying welcome to the team right welcome right. to my welcome to the club i'm already in is what i'm saying it's right. the real world club thank you for leaving we, we can be right. honest right that's what i'm saying not that i've done those things but i've done a million other things maybe those things but, whatever but i'm just yeah, saying and, and the thing i don't understand is are people i mean what are they what are they trying to get like oh man you are a sinner. Of course. Right. Yeah. Of course. It's not a big revelation. What, 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 nobody wants to continue seeing. Nobody wants to be a, a guy or a girl that signs up for Ashley Madison. Right. You want to be an outstanding, honorable person. And so I just, it makes me so mad when it, that's it. So right. do you right. disagree right there, with this guy? Terrible. You're saying this guy's letter against Josh Duggar is a little bit goofy because he's trying to say, now he's the bad guy and I'm the good guy, which is distasteful right. to it's, you. It's, uh, of course, why, this guy could easily write a blog post about his worst times of. That's sin. the first thing I thought is like no it's now that he separated himself from Josh Duggar, that makes him target number one for me. Like, okay, totally. Who's this guy? Right. All right. All right. Amen. Amen. Matthew and Tobias. All right. So I want to thank my colleague Toby Morrell for letting me. Your boss. Go ahead. Boss. And, uh, I'm your boss. In okay. This. For right now, you are the boss. This comes from a very unique named website. <laughs> 
It's www.thedailybeast.com. It's www.thedailybeast.com. What does the future hold? Wait, the Daily Beast? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I had the, yeah. What does the future hold now? After Mm. a year of scandals centered around controversial Mark Driscoll, pastor of Seattle Megachurch. You had to bring up a pastor. This church church will dissolve and split under 12 smaller churches. I think. (laughs) Can we go back to me? Seattle's Mars Hill Church announced yesterday that the embattled (laughs) megachurch would dis, would disband it is? by the shit. end of 2014. What? Interim preaching pastor Dave Bruscas told the congregation that the church leaders had decided that the best oh, future of each of our existing local churches is for them you to really become think this is funny, don't autonomous. You? People's spiritual journey is always <laughs> makes you crack up. You fall out when you hear about somebody's spiritual journey. You're going to feel bad at any moment. I know you too I'm well. I'm just saying you're right here. <laughs> you're going to you feel too You're going to feel so I'm bad. I'm not gloating over the end of this church. I'm just You guys are meaner than me. The whole joke was giving uh was me being a dumbass news broadcaster. I said fedabeast.com and I, I said a story that's over a year and a half. Old. I, I get the joke. I love it. It's just very cruel and hatefield. <laughs> <laughs> so Toby loves it. <laughs> it warms my heart. Okay, you guys, you, did you guys do this for me? Did you guys just go off and were really mean today because of me? You'll love me so much. 